Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Contact the team now to help make your home more energy efficient. Let's go! We are buzzing. We're on the way to Germany. Summer of 2024. Mark Guidi is here, fresh from the success of this tournament. What do you think of it? What are the highlights and what you're looking for in Germany? And Barry Ferguson, who led Scotland, played 45 times for the national team. He was our captain. Barry, it's a great feeling, isn't it, to know that campaign's over and we're off to Germany. How would you sum up this campaign? Um, ideally, we'd have loved to have um, finished the campaign. We're getting three points. Listen, it wasn't to be, but overall... To qualify with two games to go, Paul, you've got to be absolutely delighted. Um, last night, I thought the first half was okay. Second half was a bit better. Um, just disappointed to lose that goal the last five minutes. But look, overall, I think the boys and the manager deserve a hell of a lot of credit. And um, we're going to Germany. And hopefully, we have everybody fit and available. And if we have that, we've got a right good chance over there. No, you're winning it. I'm talking about getting out the, getting out the group. 3-3 last night with Norway. We know we're missing so many of the top players. Mark, this campaign just coming to a close, what's your memory of the, the road to Germany for Scotland under Stevie Clark? Maybe it's just been the, the whole lot of it, Paul. Uh, and I think the, the result, obviously beating Spain at Hamden, but 1-2-1 in Norway. You know, the boys could have down tools, even settled for a point, but they didn't. They got a win and that was the, I think that was a crucial result. That knocked out our kind of nearest rivals, Erling Haaland and all. And um, for Steve Clark and the players, the Tartan Army, roll it on. The draw is a week on Saturday, December the 2nd in Hamburg. And I think we're all excited to see who we're going to get. And let's hope we're all there um, next summer to cheer Scotland on. It'll be here before we know it. Let's hear from Steve Clark after the draw last night. What about the game itself? Uh, strange game. I thought we were a yard off at first half. Much better second half. Strange game. Need to go away and analyse it. Yep, a few days off and then he'll analyse it. We've qualified anyway. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's always it's always nice to qualify for a major tournament. Obviously, the last one was a little bit COVID restricted, so you, we didn't have that. We we missed that sort of that connection, that feel with the fans. So it's it's, it's nice. Like I said, it's it's great for everyone in the country that we've we've got something to look forward to next summer. What was his message to the players at the end? Stay fit, play well for the clubs. That's about it, really. Cross the fingers. <laughs> Short and sharp, wasn't he, Barry, last night? Job's yeah, but done. I, yeah. I, I like that. I mean, he's got standards. Listen, he wants to win every game. I, I think they've set high standards, the, the whole group of, of, of players. But I keep going back it. When you, you look at the players that we were missing last night, a lot of people was going on about the, the two Norway superstars. You've got to remember who we were missing. We were missing probably four certain starters. Um, but look, look, I think Steve Clark's brilliant. I like his interviews. He's very straight, um, and I'm 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 looking forward to um, next next summer. I just hope that everybody stays fit and healthy. And if we take our strongest squad, then I think we can have a good tournament. That's going to be key, Mark, isn't it? Yeah. To keep the players fit, but yeah. hey, there's such a long time, That's so many six, twists and six, turns. Six yep. months to go. Could be thirty games for some players, and in, yep. in, in some. Um, instances, Paul. But I have to say that the simplicity of that message, but it's so true. Yep. Three, three points stay fit 
play well for your clubs and keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, I mean that is it. That's uh, what it's all about. But he's going to have a good. He's going to have a headache. Uh, I think we said the other night. I, I, I can imagine sixteen or seventeen of the places of the outfield players out of the twenty outfield players. I think we could all pick. Um, you know, if everybody is fit, uh, and I think there's two, maybe three places. Um, up for grabs interesting again tonight Lon Shanklin not starting a lot of us thought yeah. that he would get it um, you know um, uh, Jacob Brown gets an odd as, as, as a number nine and then Lyndon Dykes um, comes on so I don't know that that was a strange one a bit of a strange one um, for me so where does that leave um, Lon Shanklin but there's six months to go Paul a lot can happen there's a lot of twists and turns to come uh, for a few players uh, and we'll see how it goes and there's also three or four players who haven't played for Scotland yet who have been like mainly Newcastle you know, Leveramento yeah. mm-hmm. Anthony Gordon uh, Harvey Barnes you know so there's a there's a few that, and, and by the way they're all top quality players I mean Anthony Gordon and Harvey Barnes are game changers they're proper mm-hmm. game changers so uh, I'm not quite sure which stage that's at if it's at any stage at all but it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds Barry, what about last night? Shanklin, were you disappointed? He didn't yeah, but start? I was surprised. Yeah. Um, I thought he would have started the game, but he went with Jacob Brown. I remember in France, I thought Jacob Brown done pretty well when he came on um, against France, but I fancied Shanklin to start because obviously he got his goal um, on Thursday night against Georgia. Um, but for me, look, a few of my mates have been talking about it today. I, I, I think he's a certainty. I think you've got to take long Shanklin. I think if you look at all the strikers available, I think he's the most natural goal scorer out of them all. Um, but listen, Stevie Clark, who, yeah. who, who are we to argue with him? Look at the job he's done. Sure. He's got us to Germany. He knows football inside out, but if you ask me about the starting 11, I was I was surprised that he, he never started. How him. was it in the Ferguson household again? Lewis started on the bench. I thought he might have yeah. been on. Yeah, again, yeah, I, th- I thought he maybe have got the, the nod. Yeah. He never, he got, what, 20 minutes, I think, round about that. Yeah, Again, like, listen, I'm desperate to see him start to see how he does. Yeah. Um, but, look, again, I'll, I'll go back to it. Steve Clark's the manager, he knows what he's doing. He sees him day in, day out. Obviously, when they're away with the international team. But Lewis needs to just go back to Bologna, focus on playing well, um, and hopefully get on that plane to, to Germany. If you were at the game last night, give us a call or if you watched it on the telly, 0808 17 17 700. Barry Ferguson, Paul Cooney and Mark Guidi. Big night for the captain last night, John McGinn, another goal. Yeah, he's been great for been great for the team, great for me since I became head coach. John's been one of the key players that we've sort of built our success around, so delighted for him getting another goal tonight. And a great assist for the Stuart Armstrong goal. 18 goals, same as Kenny Miller, just one behind Ali McCoist. It's unbelievable. Um, certainly, for a, a, a midfielder's uh, point of view, getting 18 goals and and John's, I think he's 28 now. There's still a right few appearances left in him, and I, I believe there's a, a right few goals. Um, and again, last night stepped up the penalty, slotted away well, and as Steve Clark just mentioned there, a great assist for Stuart Armstrong. Mark, do you know your stats? He's chasing two of the all-time greats. Yeah, thirty goals is a, is a record. Yep. Kedar Gleish and and, uh, and Dennis Law. I mean, at John's age, I would say he's got, you know he's, he could have another forty caps in him um, comfortably. I would I would have a right good bet on him getting to 27, 28. I'd have a right good bet on that. Can he get to thirty? That's that's the next step. But at the moment, it's a it's a huge ask. But wouldn't he rule them out? And as long as you're playing the successful Scotland team, which is you're getting more and more games, you're getting to finals, so it's extra games. 
Um, but I, I, I'd be very, very confident he'll get high into the 20s in terms of goals. He, he's matured into a very good player, isn't yeah. he? Mm-hmm. You can see the difference in him. Um, just his all-round game, similar to what we were speaking about Lorne Shankland um, last week. What we believe that he's turned into, I think John McGinn's getting better and better and he's not just a key player for Aston Villa. He's one of the first names in the team sheet for me for the Scotland team. He's, he's worked a year now under Unai Emery and I think that's made, a, I mean, mm. genuinely made a world of difference. I think Unai Emery can see what he's done at Aston Villa in terms of that football club. I think he is a, a world-class uh, operator and um, it's rubbed off and, 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 and John clearly, he, he took to John McGinn because he kept him as his captain and Stephen Gerrard um, got got the role and um, I'm glad that, that when he came off last night that injury nothing serious um, you know because he's a key player uh, for Aston Villa as well but you look at John McGinn you look at Scott McTominay you look at Andy Robertson um, you look at Kieran Tierney um, you know, even Stuart Armstrong again last night Kenny McLean um, Callum McGregor so there's there's you know seven or eight absolute stalwarts in that uh, site and by the way Paul they're all under the age of 30 mm-hmm. Amazing. you know and, and it's it's unbelievable 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, mm-hmm. incredible yeah. yeah as well no just internationally with our clubs yeah. at the level that they're playing at they just did names that Mark's rhymed off there um, they're ones that Steve Clark will be desperate to make sure that they're going to be fit and healthy and get to Germany remember Stephen who called in the other night and he said it looks as though we're going to be in pot three and he thought that would be a good thing the manager was asked last night so what do you make of pot three not bothered don't even know who, who else is in pot three who else is in pot two I don't know but I'm sure I'll find out when I get to Hamburg <laughs> he's not happy is he <laughs> on mastermind now Steve Clark discussing Euro 2024 no, I, I like that he'd be desperate to go out with a bang yeah. out of the, gr- the group that, that's what it is he's just yeah. raging that they conceded that goal um, towards the end because yeah. you would want to have went run and clapped the fans and thanked the fans for their, their support over that campaign but I like that I'll have that all day long it's almost like a bad loser isn't it you know, yeah but I, that's, that's the way you so want to be show me a good loser and you, yep. that old phrase isn't it part three is um, Scotland obviously Holland Croatia Italy Serbia Slovenia and Mark you can see that Strong, so, good yeah, one to be in. Yeah, rather, yeah. rather than facing Italy, if it's, yeah. as you see, I know it's an old cliche, but yeah. we're there. So let's yeah. not start getting yeah. fussy about what pots were in um, <laughs> with, with twenty years and all getting it. And it didn't <laughs> matter. So we're there. Pot two, pot three. What does it matter? Um, we've qualified uh, for a tournament, and let's just see what the the draw brings. We could, you know, the draw could be so so good. I, I don't care who we get, whether you get three strong nations or whether you get things you think, oh, some, sometimes we don't want the, the so-called these are nations, Paul, because yeah. it, it maybe puts up a wee bit of extra pressure, maybe we're, we're better coming up, coming up um, against stronger teams, but uh, that draw is going to be great. See how they're going. If Scotland haven't picked their base yet, they'll wait and see. And they've got various options, uh, but they'll wait and see what the draw brings and where the fixtures are. I, I tell you, they, those strong nations, the fancy, fancied ones to go over there and win, I'll no fancy playing Scotland. No. Germany. That's the way you've got to look out, uh, yeah. at it. Great um, point. Yeah. Yep. Pot one, Germany, Portugal, France, England, Belgium and Spain. Pot two, Turkey, Denmark, Hungary, Albania, Romania and Austria. So I know what Stephen meant the other night, our own one I mentioned there, ourselves, Holland, Croatia, Italy, Serbia, Slovenia and pot four, Slovakia, Czech Republic, Switzerland and then the playoff winner, A, B, and see, so there's mm. playoffs still pot, to come. Pot one's frightening, Renault. Oh. Isn't it? Of course. <laughs> pot, pot, pot one is actually. Name the teams again, sorry, yeah, Paul. Sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah, pot one Germany, 
Portugal, France, England, Belgium, Spain. I'd, I'd, I'd see, to be honest, I'd, I'd take the hosts. I'd would take you? Germany out of that pot. Right, yeah, because th- th- we know they've been off I'm the not, ball. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I think okay. at the moment, yeah. and again, we don't know, six months on, sure. but at the moment, I would take the hosts. I'd take Germany out of that pot. Yeah, the, the ones you want to body swerve in that one's for me, France. Mm-hmm. You don't want sure. them. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a team. They're unbelievable. And England are really heavily yeah, fancied aren't they they are for the tournament yeah, they are we, we spoke yeah, about sure. it if you look yeah. at their squad I think Mark mentioned it we turned around and looked at their starting 11 mm-hmm. you look at their bench and look at some of the players that can get even in that England squad um, they'll be one of the favourites get Anthony Gordon for example on our bench Barry it would be brilliant wouldn't it it'll be a heartache mm-hmm. for somebody else if they do manage to get some of them to yeah, wear. he's been a, a revelation. Yeah. I wasn't too sure of him, if I'm being honest, when I seen him at Everton. Yeah. And 50 was, million as well. Yeah, I was wondering why Eddie Howe was desperate to get him, chased him. But I've watched him for Newcastle and um, he's been he's been top class for Newcastle. So I can see the reason why Stevie Clark's um, maybe won. If you get the chance of that player, of that quality, you've got to grab it with both hands. Pot two, who would you fancy, or who would you say, right, let's let's know if we could, Turkey, Denmark, Hungary, Albania, Romania, Austria? No worries. Yeah. No? Uh, yeah. None of them fears no. me. No. Pot two sounds more like pot three, doesn't it? Yeah, it's almost it does like the Boris, yeah. Right? Yep, yep. Yep. Um, Barry can sort it when it comes to the... the the hot balls, the cold balls going in when it comes to the draw. That's what yeah. we're referees, Paul. <laughs> steady. <laughs> Pot four, uh, Slovakia, Czech Republic, Switzerland, and then the playoff winner. So, can't wait. So that's uh, a week on Saturday, isn't it? December the 2nd, the yes. draw in Hamburg. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A good one. I, oh, it's exciting. Aye, it's, exactly. yeah, yeah. it's something to look forward yeah. to and I'm sure the players will be tuned in for um, that draw. But it's exciting going and everybody getting booked up. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Oh, be great. I see that uh, the Norwegian boss last night, you could see the managers speak to each other at the end. And I hear that Stal Solbakken was saying, um, I think you'll go out of the group stage. I think you're going to do really well. Stevie Clark was asked about it. That would be the intention. The intention is to go there. What we've worked very hard at is, is being competitive, being a competitive team every time we go to the pitch. Uh, that's why I was a little bit disappointed with the first half tonight. I didn't think we were competitive enough. Much more competitive second half. We, we, we're Scotland. We, we, we have a certain way of playing. We, we, have, we have a style. We, we like to play on the front foot. And hopefully, the Norway manager's right when we get to Germany. Mark, it's different this time, isn't it? Expectation for for the summer for the tournament compared to the compared to previous tournaments yeah I mean I think the, the, you know everybody was in such a high because of the, the way we qualified the last time the penalty yeah. shootout yeah. David Marshall etc etc and, uh, and Serbia um, and, and as Steve Clark mentioned it was great to be a part of it but we won the really because it was still Covid I mean I know you swanned off to Wembley and had a wonderful time I don't like to uh, mention it it was fantastic <laughs> yeah. down. so you had, 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 had the London trip but it was half love oh I yeah. know and uh, maybe we had not a bad wee shift in the Rad Red right enough oh, that. Yeah, it was exactly. good. It was a nice yeah. wee, we had a nice wee night in there but I think it feels a bit more proper yeah. and I think genuinely because we hear it all the time from Scottish team the national team and club team when, when they lose a big game in Europe we'll learn from it we'll learn from it we'll learn from it Sometimes I don't think they do learn for it. It's just a cliche that rolls off the tongue. However, with Steve Clark and the national team, I believe they will have learned. I think Steve and his staff will have learned a lot. Just the wee things, Barry, you know, like the, wee, the, the small the, the small gains that they talk about, Paul, the wee 1% yeah, yeah. Um, margins, preparation, hotels, training facilities, food, everything. Mm. You know, all the wee different yeah. things. And as we've, as we've mentioned as well, 
John McGinn, Scott McTominay, Andy Robertson. Look at Aaron Hickey. Look yeah. at the Ryan Portis. Look at the improvement, Lewis Ferguson. Look at the improvement in those six or seven guys in the past 18 months. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. So I think we are ready properly to go and make a fist of it. Like, but I don't see we're going to win it. I'm looking, but I think we can go and make a real, that squad can go and make a name for themselves and qualify out the section. And bear in mind, these last two games, he's had to change formation. This yeah. squad and group of players have been really set on a, a formation, set way of playing, and he's obviously had to change it because uh, Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson, um, who are who are sadly been out missing. So that's another thing where you've got to maybe take a step back and, and realise... Um, that's the reason maybe we only get two points out of six the last two games and everyone says how united that group is and it was great to see the captain there last night wasn't it Andy Robertson yeah. there get out with the players at the end going that, round that's the difference yeah. Paul yeah. that's the biggest difference that, no listen the results have been good and the performances have been good but when you listen to them speak and you see them it looks like it's a, there's a real togetherness there's a real bond with them and that's created by the manager and the, the coaching staff so You've got to give him credit for that. I think he's done a brilliant job since he's took over. I really do. Here's a bit more from him. Nice, nice night for the supporters to say thank you to the team. Nice night for the, the team and the staff to thank the supporters. So that part of the night was pretty good. No, no, for now I go away. I'll probably spend the next couple of days just recovering, uh, taking a bit of time to myself. Uh, after that, I'll probably look back at the two games, Georgia and Norway, see what I could have done better, see what the players could have done better. And then I'll get myself ready for a for a trip to Hamburg, which is great because we're we're in the draw. It's something that everyone can look forward to next summer, and we've still got a lot of work to do. Sure have, and we're going to ask you, last Mark and Barry, what's the work that we have to do on that squad, and some of it might be getting people fit, obviously. Yeah, but see, just listening to me, it sounds to me he's always striving to be better, and that, that's that that's brilliant. Could it be easy to say, I listen, we've done well over a, the period of time he's been there, but. You can see, you can listen, you can hear him. He's hurting. He doesn't like. Obviously, the fact is, I've only had two points out of the last six, and he'll go away and he'll he'll go through the two games and he'll come up with a solution. But one of the biggest things for me was, as I mentioned earlier, it was a change in formation, because we're normally, if you think about, it, you play with a back four and the, the two fullbacks are always up high and wide. It left us a bit open at times. Where if you've got three at the back, you're you're more solid. Mark. Yeah, no, that was true. And, and, and I remember as well, um, Nathan Patterson had a brilliant clearance off the line, you know, stood up and made sure his hands didn't get in the way, rattled off his, his thigh. So, yeah, we had to defend at times. I agree, I think we look better. Bearing in mind, we don't have natural wingers. That's why, that's why maybe Ben Doak might come into the equation further down the line. But we don't have an out-and-out -out winger, so that's where the back three, I think, suits us. And then if you've got, normally it would be Andy Roberts on the left-hand side. And him and, and, him and Tierney can dovetail... Likewise, if it's Hickey or, or, or it's Patterson, um, they get up and down. So I think as long as Kieran Tierney is fit and, and Robertson, we, we will play um, a back three and I think we look much better um, with are, our are back three. 0808 17 17 700, looking back and looking forward to the Euros themselves. Group A finished eight games. Spain on top, 21 points. They won seven, they drew none and they lost one. Scotland second top, the other qualifiers played the eight. Five wins, two draws, one defeat. 
of course that was to Spain second time around and we were so close to that being uh, another win it would have been six wins if uh, if he'd stopped the game early it was that kind of mad game last night it was a strange game um, and should it have been a penalty we will talk about that in our own gar goes VAR assisted Georgia on eight points Cyprus on nil it could have been different Barry when you think about it when we saw that squad you know Georgia can be difficult Norway we're talking about Haaland Odegaard and all the rest Spain were certainties and yet they weren't at the beginning because of the way that we yeah, started when the group came out everybody yeah. was saying yep that's definitely Spain yeah. and Norway yeah. um, but listen we we, we done brilliant it's, that result in Norway was a, a big one and that sums up this group of players keep going to the end similar to what happened on Thursday night in Georgia yeah. Listen, you're qualified, you're 2-1 down, right? Listen, just let's get back on the plane and, and get ready for Sunday's game. No, he made the change, they kept going and they got that point, that first point ever in Georgia. Few people have been on saying, Haaland, was he really injured? And Odegaard, are the, the two superstars not fancy coming to the Scottish party? Because the fans were great last night, they stayed on afterwards. Did they not? We don't know the answer, I'm sure they were injured, but you know, maybe the fact that they're out the tournament why I, I, I don't think they've been that great, uh, the greatest of desires to to to, yeah. to meet. And I think you know, look at the fixture: Man City, Liverpool. I think it's Saturday lunchtime. Um, Tasty. You know, yeah, <laughs> and, and I don't think uh, any. I don't think Pep Guardiola would be wanting any risk taking uh, with Erling Haaland. And the fact that it was a dead rubber game for Norway, I think that put the tin lid on it. You know what's coming back this weekend? It's the domestic scene. We said in frightening Friday night, uh, we, we missed it. Speaking to Connor in town, big Scotland fan, big Rangers fan. But he said, look, we're in for Europe. I'm looking forward to next summer, but let's get back to the title. And that's coming up soon. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products. Let's go. Go Radio Football Show with Global <laughs> Eco Energy. Energy, looking forward to the Euros. It's not easy, that traffic, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're getting you home safely. That's, That's the, the main, main thing. thing. It's quite busy. Right. Clyde Turrell, Clyde Turrell. Yeah, best time of the night, and I just love <laughs> sitting here watching them. I know. There's do. too many cameras, but... To That's exactly. it's tough, isn't it? All those monitors, it is. It's yeah. tough. See, the arms were long, I could have got to oh, that one. Yeah, it was just, uh, yep. I needed... Who's the tallest player you ever played alongside? I'm trying to think who would be. Zegic. Oh, Zigic, right. Zigic. Yeah. Zigic, yeah. What was yeah. he? Six? Six, six seven, seven, six, eight. Yeah. Yep. Mark, former goalkeeper. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh. I don't know, Paul. I, don't I, know. I, I, I Oh. What Mark Yardley. Oh, no. No, never, no, no. Yeah. no if you did Rovers, no, I never played. It might actually, do you know what? He wasn't a centre half or anything. Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to think. He was really tall and slim. And by the way, he was a big, hairy, handsome. I don't know if you remember him. Who was he? Big Thomas Stickroth. Uh, oh, Stickroth. Wow. He was a big. He was like a big George Michael. In the glory days. Yeah, yeah. So Thomas yeah. was about sixty, Thomas. six four. Yeah. Really um, uh, slender. Right. Yeah. Aye, right. Peter Godfrey. Okay, that's enough. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's enough. He's given all his eyes. Look at his eyes. His eyes ablaze. G-A-R. The go-assisted referee on the Go Radio Football Show with CSD Air Conditioning. Comforting air quality all year round. His eyes ablaze. They're thinking of the glory days at St. Man. What might have been? Oh, clearing the boots. Oh, no. We're not doing that tonight. 0808-17-17-700. We're on our way to Germany this coming summer we'll get the dates we'll get well we'll know a week on Saturday what the draw is okay. yeah it'll be fantastic Genuinely it. really, really looking forward yeah, to it. 
Um, yesterday, though, we were thinking about VAR in our own Go Radio mm-hmm. Assisted for VAR. Barry, there was an incident, and we're always fair here, the penalty last night. Yeah. Should, should it have been a penalty? Oh, honestly, Paul, I didn't think it was a penalty. Why? Um, the pace he hit the ball and where it hit the Norwegian player. Um, I thought it was harsh on Norway, if I've been honest with you. Mark, what did you feel? Yeah, I, I agree. I would be absolutely raging if that was given against Scotland. Um, I thought when it went to VAR, um, it would be overturned. Yep. But they, they stuck with the decision. But yeah, I thought it was very, very harsh on Norway. But take it. Oh, take it all day long. Sure. And John McGinn yeah. slotted that way well. Was there anything else? I don't think there was, was there? I mean, is one of the messages on VAR that in international football, and we saw it in the World Cup a year ago, they don't get as hung up on VAR. There doesn't seem to be as many. Yeah, it seems to I know flow. That one we but I have to say that the referee again, even like the, the, the guy in the left wing, Danun, who mm-hmm. we kept, kept fouling Nathan Parson yeah, and, and, yeah. and never get a, a button for it. I think the standard of refereeing, Paul, when you look back at the Spain game that Scotland had, you look at the Georgia game, you look again last night, even though we were saying we've mm-hmm. possibly been given a dodgy penalty, I think the standard of refereeing uh, across Europe isn't it great I have to be honest it's I not thought the referee on Thursday wasn't great no they got away with far yeah. too much didn't they yeah. yeah yeah. but listen you know what you're coming up against when you play against the international teams but there comes a point where the referee needs to do something about it Paul um, and I thought he was he was pretty poor um, as is the one last night as you just mentioned there Nathan Patterson I don't know how many fouls was against him what yeah. seven eight fouls yeah. yep. there comes a stage where you need to say enough's enough yeah. there's a booking um, but obviously he let my way with it. Keith Jackson in his call on this morning mentions about refereeing, you know, at the top level in these tournaments, and just suggesting, you know, we'll see what we find out next summer, because we're we're one of the smaller nations. Sometimes the bigger nations get baffling decisions. Do you not think, Mark? Yeah, it does happen. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah, I think it does, particularly with uh, with home advantage. I think that was very evident um, in the Spain game. Yep. The Spain Scotland game, and not just um, McTominay's goal. Oh, McTominay, that's, you th- yeah, you that's bit, the one he mentioned. Yeah, yep. but, but even other incidents mm. in that that game, probably the one when John McGinn was side down at the edge of the yeah, box. Yeah, right. I think so. You know, over the piece and the yellow card. Who was it? One of our players get yellow card. It was never a yellow card. It just came on. Mm. They get yellow carded for a routine that's tackle. Right. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah, remember who yeah. it was, but anyway, no, I Game think the standards put may have been the standards yeah, really poor. Yeah, sure is. And he mentions that he says, yeah, there was disappointment at the two 0 defeat to Spain, but even then, Clark and his players were on the verge of a sensational and historic result when Scott McTominay lashed a free kick into the roof of the net. But the VAR found a way to expunge the goal. It is strange, isn't it? It is bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, thinking back on McTominay's strike. I still think why that wasn't given. I I can't understand why that wasn't given as a goal. On VAR, it didn't exist uh, until, well, Scotland didn't exist till late last year. There's uh, some stats doing the rounds today that when you look at the most top flight goals ruled out for offside in European football history, Okay, so I think part of this is if there had been VAR, then it might, it was suggesting that players that are lightning fast were being penalised yep uh, number five was Gert Muller of course great big star of uh, West Germany as nice it was 13 feet yep mm-hmm. is that right uh, Romario and Inzaghi on 21 so Muller had 20 um, Inzaghi and Romario 21 so 21 decisions against them yep Cristiano Ronaldo 23 Sandro Kozic 25 but there was a Scottish player on 37 decisions went against him, including one which I 
do remember, it's a very, very young, it was the European Cup Winners' Cup semi-final and it was Bobby Lennox. So Bobby Lennox had 37 decisions against him um, in European football. So, so, flight. Yeah, Bob, so is that 37 that were they've, they've now checked using modern technology that, that they were wrongly ruled or just 37? No, it's, not, it's not that scientific. Right, OK. Yeah, I think just, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, no, there's no way we could prove yeah. it. But it was against uh, Liverpool, actually, in the Cup. What, what was the one in the semi-final. European so it semi-final? Was, it was my memory is it was the Cup Winners' Cup semi-final mm-hmm. against Liverpool. Um, it says here, many people claim that Lennox's unbelievable speed from a standing start and perfect timing was to blame for most of the strikes being wrongly ruled out. He left his fenders in the dust as well as the Cup Winners' Cup semi-final. Just looking to see where Off, they say that. Offside, Gavin. Offside, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> television replays clearly showed that the goal should have stood after the decision, denying Celtic a place in the final. Now, Celtic went on to win the Big Cup mm-hmm. the following year, the yeah. European Cup. But Celtic could have been in the final. They may have won it the year before the Cup Winners' Cup. Yeah, so... Ah, it's quite... It's, there it's, is TV it's coverage yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah, but that was yeah. Bobby Lennox's... Oh, Nickname was a yeah. buzz bomb. Indeed. Wasn't it, Paul? What was he lightning quick? Yeah, yep. I think it was. Unbelievable. Yeah, he was just, he was so, so quick. He was so fast. And a brilliant guy, isn't he? So yeah, he's become the, like, yeah. the Celtic Reserve team manager. A modern yeah. day player. Mm-hmm. How quick? How quick. It's hard to say, isn't it? So it's the dim and distant. I don't who would it be? I, I mean, just now, Celtic Maeda. Maeda. Maeda's I was just about to say that. Yeah. Is he some Maeda? Speed yeah, faster, probably. Than Maeda, probably James He's Forrest. A fly machine. Apparently, James Forrest ah, is shaping yeah, up still against him at yeah. thirty-two, which is good. Yeah. But it's hard to say. I'm trying to think. It at, at Rangers last season, it'd be Sakala, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, he was a he was, he was a, a fly yeah. machine. Was yeah. was lightning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, quite. Who did Celtic <laughs> have twenty years? Didi Agat was lightning. He quite, was, wasn't, wasn't he? he? Who's yeah. the fastest you played alongside over the years? Lovin Kranz. Lovin Kranz was lightning. Yeah, he was over. 10, 15, 20 yards. He was an absolute um, flyer. He was. Bobby Lennox. That was some, uh, yeah. you had just mentioned yeah. Didi Agat. Uh-huh. Him and Arthur Newman, that was a brilliant battle. Uh, yeah. They too. Yeah. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So used, used to enjoy that. Countdown's on to December 30th. That'll be soon. Oof. What are we going to call it? Anyway, let's finish the VAR gar at the moment. And Bobby Lennox, Ayrshire's fight. It's great. They've got a statue to him now. Yeah. Ayrshire. Amazing, he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, Salt, a gentleman, so yep. quotes, Paul. Yeah, Bobby that's Lennox, right. Yeah, yeah that way. Yeah, that's you up to date with uh, the guard. G A R, the go assisted referee on the go radio football show with CSD air conditioning, 24 hour heating and cooling specialists. And it's back to the domestic action this coming weekend. And my goodness, we're looking forward to it, aren't we? It's uh, Saturday, kicks off with Celtic against Motherwell, Dundee against Hibs, Hearts against St Johnson, Ross County against Kilmarnock and St Mirren Livingston. And then Sunday, the TV game, Aberdeen against Rangers, 12 o'clock. That's going to be some game. Is it a grudge game? Certainly there's a there's a lot in it between the two and I, I'm not going to weigh back. It's still, it's alive and active isn't it between the two I was thinking yeah, it's, more always, about the it's Chris always Boyd feisty call. yeah it's always yeah. feisty when you go up there Paul but that's going to be a, a good test for Rangers mm. but the the way they're playing um, and what the manager's done in a short period of time over the last month since he's been in um, I, I think Rangers will be will be okay going up to Petaudry I would have worried if this was a month or so ago Paul I'm not as concerned Um as I was because of the, the new manager. I just really like the way he comes across and the difference he's made in the, in the team. Um, 
you've got to give them a lot of credit for that but also you've got to give the players a bit of credit as well because they were in a they were in a sticky situation they were they were struggling um, but he, he certainly made a difference in new manager I see Chris Spoyd on the telly there just as we speak I think he's talking Scotland but he obviously ignited it again the other week when he said well I'll tell you what after they were Aberdeen were thrashed by Celtic he said they'll be up for the next game like, oh, the Rangers game so uh, listen keeps I, everybody I always talking. loved getting up yeah. to play there I, yeah. I did it was um, always made welcome when you come through the front doors but when you yeah. go out it's uh, yeah it's they're always nice people at Petrogi weren't they inside yeah well, <laughs> oh, when you're on the well, part I'll tell you I know, that I know, I've had a few shit but listen that, that's yeah. the kind of atmosphere you enjoy yeah. getting into mm-hmm. the atmosphere and it'll be like that at 12 o'clock and, and Sunday but the Rangers players oh, I've got the strength and character to handle these situations other headlines Lewis Palmer played well didn't he uh, over the last few days for Honduras but there's a an injury worry so he's been on fire for Celtic doing well for his country but um, we'll be watching for that when he comes back Mark we don't have too many details now but Lewis Palma he's been one of the best for Celtic over the past what five yeah, six weeks I think he's been a real uh, find uh, Paul you know, he's, he's got a rhythm um, going you can see that he's um, he's been working hard he's been coached he's improved I noticed a, I was in an interview in the Sunday papers yesterday Brendan Rodgers Praising the 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 impact that um, Harry Kuehl has yes. had on guys such as uh, Lewis Palmer, which is nice, um, nice that you know there's different coaches uh, playing their part um, as well, and it and it's great for for clubs. You know, it's great recognition for managers and coaches when their players go away on on international duty. It reflects well on what they're doing at their clubs, but you're always um, you're always scared that, that that you end up losing them. And the fact that Celtic in wide areas don't have Maeda just now and don't have a badder. Uh, the last thing they need is um, is Lewis Palmer being out so we'll just need to to wait and see and not only Saturday they need to win in Rome on Tuesday sure. night if they don't win they will finish bottom of the section if they win it gives them a chance of, of keeping it going but even a draw is not good enough so they need everybody firing at it in Rome next Tuesday night Barry on Lewis Palmer he's a player that makes things happen yeah he's, he's done well um, no doubt about that he Big shoes to fill, or boots, should I say? Uh, and Jota, because he was a he was a difference maker in the final third, no, no doubt about it. Not just his his assists, it's his goals. But um, I still think he's got a bit to go to be at the, the level of Jota. But so far, um, he's shown that there is real potential there. Celtic's uh, Idiguchi it hasn't worked out for him. He's been on loan. He has admitted he's no idea if he'll get a second chance at the club after a loan period. Um, so we'll find out that's one of these stories just floated just looking to see if there's any yeah. major headlines the Harry Kuehl point is a good one I read that at the weekend so yeah. Brendan Rodgers you know because obviously Harry Kuehl came in under Ange Postacoglu yeah. and that's quite a tribute from Brendan Rodgers yeah it is you know because he, he inherited him um, didn't need to keep him on but clearly you know got to know him would have done his homework would have asked John Kennedy about him and clearly his rave reviews and I know for sure likes of Jack Amakis really rated Harry Kuehl's input that he used to put um, and, with him. and I think if you remember when Harry Kuehl was appointed by Celtic Craig Moore said, said to us on the show he said he's great what he wants he's conscientious he'll take them out in the afternoons if players want to do it he won't force them but if they want to go and put that extra shift in out with the normal session he said Harry Kuehl will go out with them all day long and work with them uh, all day long he's a real conscientious coach and takes pride and seeing players improve and you can see that in two or three of the names that we've mentioned he was some player wasn't he Barry Harry Kuehl yeah he was score, yeah so. really good especially that Leeds team if you, you think about that yeah. was it early 2000s yeah the, 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 the Leeds, Leeds. yeah you 
Dominic Matteo, you had Kyo, you had Lee Boyer, Rio Ferdinand, yeah. uh, Alan Smith, yeah, Paul Robinson. Yep, yeah, they, they had. Um, he, he was brilliant for that Leeds team, and obviously got his big move to to Liverpool. Yeah, he, he was a top player, Harry Kyo. It was. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage, and heat pumps. Let's go. Tomorrow night here on the programme it will be Peter Grant and Stephen McGinn. Wednesday night John Hartson and Mark will be with us. Andy Walker on Thursday, Barry and Peter I think on Friday night as well. A lot of football coming up. It's going to be some build up to the weekend, Barry, isn't it? With the domestic football back and Ross County. Is it going to be Derek Adams going to be back as manager? Yeah, that, that came out of the blue yeah. for me. I, I know he's been the manager there twice mm. before um, but he's down at Morecambe. He's, do, he's doing a, a fine job there but it looks to me if he's coming up for a third stint at, at Ross County. He knows the club inside out. I think his dad was his dad was director of football there as as well. So I can see why um, Ross County have have plucked for um, Derek Adams. As I said, um, he, he knows the place uh, pretty well. So we'll just see how that goes for the rest of the season because they need to start getting back to winning ways. Ross County. But I still have seen him. Cutting around Lanarkshire at times. I think he's still yep. had a base here. Yep. So maybe the family here. Mark, is that a good choice to bring him back for the third time? Well, he's, he's got a, a clearly got a good working relationship with uh, with Roy McGregor. Um, Stephen Ferguson's in there as a as a CEO. Um, I think probably Stephen might have played under Derek um, mm. as a player, possibly. Um, so yeah, maybe Roy's looking for a bit of familiarity um, around the place, and uh, you know Derek Adams knows how to get a result he's been down south for a number of years now a couple of different clubs um, doing well right now um, with Morecambe so yeah that, that would appear to be a good fit Talking Rangers and Northern Ireland the, uh, Ross McCausland of course uh, in the squad for Northern Ireland um, he's reportedly attracting interest and that's maybe no surprise Brentford Barry being mentioned today what do you think? Well, I think there's a contract on the table for him at Rangers, so I would like to think where he's been given a chance that he'll um, he'll put pen to paper and he'll commit uh, to a new contract at Rangers. It's been he's been a breath of fresh air. I'll be honest with you, when he's uh, since he's come into the team, he's come off the bench, done really well. He got his first start last week against Livingston. I thought he was really good. Um, so. I would like to see him stay put because, oh, as I said, Paul, I always like to see young players come through the system and that's what he's done and hopefully he signs a new deal. Could he get a regular slot this season? What do you think? It's a new well, manager. He's put his hat into the ring. He's, he's shown that he's more than capable. Um, now it's about getting in and obviously I think he played, what, 70 minutes and he, he came off. He came off to a brilliant standing ovation for the Rangers fans. Now it's just about kicking on can I go and cement a place in that Rangers team? He's certainly got the, the attributes. Now it's just about making sure you keep your head down, feet in the ground, work hard and try and become a regular. Homegrown player. I mean, he's not Scottish, but yeah. you know, the home uh, countries here. Yeah, so and, and, and you know, getting getting the shout and getting the promotion at the, at the Northern Ireland squad, which is great. Tommy Wright speaking very highly about him, who's the Northern Ireland under-21 manager. So, yeah, and, you know, I thought he was very, very unlucky not to be given that goal um, at Living seems a wonderful finish um, but VAR um, ruled it out but yeah he, he seems level headed and you know what had had you said that uh, because it was a a 500 grand signing in, in, in the summer along with all the other players but you know he, he was more of a let's call him a project player then you would say he's been he's been doing more than two or three of the 
of the other guys and I think he's a wee bit different from what Rangers have got at the moment you know um, so I, I, I can see him um, being a part of it because I think Philippe Clement as well it would be a great feather in his cap to really get a hold of a young player and make him a first team regular yeah, he's what you say is a proper old school wide player hugs the touchline listen he can come inside as well but very, what I noticed last week from the start it was very positive every time he got the ball it was attack the fullback, and it's it's brilliant to see that because I, I think wide men are a dying breed. Mm. They are. Oh, yeah. So and if you look at Rangers squad, I don't think they've got an out and out winger no. or wide man. Should you should you call it that? Um, but listen, he's he's been um, he's been really really good since he's come in. Now it's about maintaining that and trying to force yourself into that team in a, a weekly basis. A lot of speculation this week as well, getting ready for back to domestic scene. Celtic are reportedly are interested in this, uh, the Sydney striker, um, Sydney Van Hoydonk. I beg your pardon, he's known to Bologna, um, ahead of a potential switch to Celtic. So it's Pierre's yeah. son, isn't yeah. it? Pierre Van Hoydonk, yeah. Sydney. He's been linked with Celtic, yeah. for about three years on and off. Yeah. Um, Paul, um, 6'3, 6'4. Um, obviously, Lewis will know all about him, he'll be mm, a teammate right. of uh. Of Lewis's order, but but it seems to be that he's a bit frustrated, a lack of game time, certainly not starting um, many games. And considering that there's no doubt Celtic's in the market uh, for a striker, so could that be one that's permanent? Could it be might suit all parties? A loan deal in January with a view to making it permanent. Uh, I'm not so sure. Obviously, would come with the the no use the word baggage, but with his dad being who who mm. he was, and his dad was terrific. Uh, um, for Celtic so yeah that could be one that certainly would be on the radar Any word on Van Hoydonk from no, Bologna? I, see to be honest with you I've obviously seen that today I, I've not seen much of him I, I don't know how good he is or, or is he an out and out goal scorer um, but if he's really good um, I'll need to be having a, a word with Lewis <laughs> trying to divert him elsewhere <laughs> 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 um, his dad was some player wasn't oh, he? he? he was I, I, um, I never played against him when he was at Celtic mm. I played against him when he went back to um, oh. Firenood of course Yeah. Um, over there he, he scored two unbelievable free kicks that that was his go-to wasn't it? his, yeah. his free kicks he was it's always funny him and, and there was a young Van Pitt and him and Van Persie always yeah. used to fight about who was getting oh, yeah. it and, <laughs> and I don't think it was any love lost even no. nowadays yeah. but yeah. see for uh, I mean, he's a big boy. Oh, yeah. He was technically really good yeah. as well. Um, yeah, a lovely first touch. Yeah, yeah but physical. Um, yeah, he was, as I said, I never come up against him when he, he was in the Celtic jersey, but certainly at Firenham. I remember interviewing him trackside. It was Aberdeen Celtic. He'd just signed live in Scottsport and they do the interview and Alec McLeish was in the studio with Jim White and Jim says, yeah, great. Bit of a height difference there, isn't there, between Paul and Van Hoydong? He's six foot five and I'm five seven on a good day. Set step one. And, 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 and Jim, Jim though, Alec McLeish came in with a great line. He says, but to be fair to Paul, you know, he's not got the, the studs on his shoes. You know, he's not... The, <laughs> <laughs> he was an absolute giant I was thinking that you must have he went to Forest didn't he yeah, that right? first yeah, of all and yeah, then yeah, as well yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately it was a big fallout with Fergus McCann oh, I remember it was Dave, Dave Bassett and Ron Atkinson he had as mm. managers at Forest and then Vim Janssen when Vim took over with Murdo McLeod in the summer of 97 mm. uh, he wanted to bring him back and Pierre was really? up for it so right. I remember speaking to Pierre he came to the Celtic training camp um, um, and um, a oh, was it was a place called down at the bottom of the tanks, uh, Paul, the uh, Arnhem, Arnhem, yeah, okay. down oh, in Arnhem, and uh, yeah, he came yeah, and yeah. Uh, 
Pierre was up for it I remember him he, he told me I'm up for it I want to come back Finn wants him and uh, Fergus wouldn't sanction no, any move it, would he? Uh, no. to go and try and because he was dismissive um, about the six grand yeah, there, was, there was a major yeah, there was a major fallout yeah, for sure. um, between uh, the two of them Jack's been on asking what about Scotland goalkeeping position then so after the last couple of games we know the situation the number one keeper is Angus Gunn but he was injured Barry what are you thinking after the two games Xander Clark was in goal what do you feel? Well, he played the two games, Xander, so that tells you that Steve Clark fancies um, Xander Clark um, over um, Kelly. So I, I, I thought the second goal, could they have done a bit better at the second goal when it came in? Was that the cross at Kerenia yeah, Post? Yeah. I, I, kind of I, I thought to a wee nick off McGregor, yeah, I would yeah, give him the benefit of the doubt, yeah, maybe. But one thing I will say is, look, I think he's deserved it because he was brilliant for St Johnson and he, he's went to Hearts and obviously he was going to be second choice to Craig Gordon, but obviously Craig Gordon got that horrendous injury. And I think Big Xander's come in and done really well for, for, for Hearts, um, no doubt about it. And I think he deserved, with Angus Gunn being out injured, if you ask me who would be the, the pick... I like both goalkeepers, but I just thought um, Xander would have would have got the nudge, and, and certainly he he got that over the last two games. But it depends on if Craig Gordon gets back injured. But we spoke about it, Paul. If he comes back from injury and he starts to play and he's looking the part, I don't think you can leave Craig Gordon out. I really don't. What would no. the issues be? I'm thinking of his age, but you know, you both know him. He's been phenomenal athlete. He's bounced back from a worse injury. Okay, yeah. he was he was much younger. As well, I, I think he'll be certainly after the winter break. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him pushing, really pushing Xander Clark before the winter break. Like kind of four weeks from now, you're getting into the festive kind of fixture yeah. period. I think you'll really see Craig Gordon making a push. I think there's five goalkeepers in contention at the moment. You've got your you've got your three. You've got um, Xander Clark. Um, Angus Gunn Liam Kelly Robbie McCrory who needs game time and, and Craig Gordon so there's your five mm-hmm. um, now if Robbie McCrory goes out and loan he could he could sneak in yeah. um, if Craig Gordon comes back his hat's number one where does that leave Xander Clark because that would put yeah. um, so I think Liam Kelly I, I'm really, I've always liked Liam Kelly from back when he was at Livingston and then he's moved to QPR I think he's got fantastic agility I think he's got really good hands but for the modern day managers like goalies at least six foot three now yeah. and I think that's one thing possibly against yeah. Robbie McCrory as well but you look at them now you look at Xander Clark you look at Craig Gordon you look at all the national goalies big Jack Butlin you look at Joe sure. they're all they're all sexy and that's just one wee thing I don't think it's massive because I think Liam Kelly's agility is absolutely magnificent but he might just be lacking a couple inches I, I, think, he's, I think Liam Kelly's a good goalkeeper I do I, I really like him I, I thought he would have got the opportunity it would have been good for him as well to, to go and play but listen Again, Steve Clark's made the made the decision, but that's the five goalkeepers, and unfortunately, only three of them can go to, to Germany. News is next. You can call now: oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. You can look back at Scotland, look forward to Germany, or talk about your club team. That could be next. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage, and heat pumps. Let's go. Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps and eco garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. 
for a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage and heat pumps. Let's go! Football can be crazy. We're hearing another uh, bid coming in. Well, it's a bid. There hasn't been any football for him for months. Ivan Tony, Barry, you've just picked up on that, yeah, that he just, could be on his way. Yeah, it looks as if Chelsea are going to come in for him. Um, to be honest with you, uh, he's a good player, Paul. Watched him many a times for Brentford, and I recall, was it no Neil Lennon that tried to? Yeah, he, was, he, was, up, he was up at the, um, he was Lennox Town, had the mm-hmm. tour of, of Lennox Town because Gavin Strachan coached him at Peterborough. Gavin Strachan had just gone on the gaff, uh, onto the staff at Celtic. They made a move for him. Um, Neil Lennon was absolutely desperate to get him. Ivan Tony really wanted to come and Celtic signed Albin Ayeti instead. Right. He's a top player. He is. Paul, a Rangers fan, is on. You'll be delighted Celtic didn't get Ivan Tony a couple of years ago. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do a turn and come to Rangers one time, Paul. But, uh, Let me just I check know. that, see if they're the £100 million. Uh, <laughs> It's just Aye. breaking news just now, yeah. Ivan tony has been out for months. I mean, that was a long, long ban that he got. I'm not sure how good that does for you. And the breaking news, here's some more news coming in. Ross County have confirmed the appointment of Derek Adams as manager for a third time. You hear it here first. It's on Sky as well. <laughs> but there you are, well spotted. So, yeah, Paul, you're a big Scotland fan as well. We're on our way to Germany. Well, we knew that. What did you take from our performance on Thursday and last night? I thought that, that's what I was kind of phoning up about, Paul. Yeah. So, so thanks for looking on your show no tonight. Um, just um, about that, I just want to get the guys' thoughts on this one. Yeah. I watched the game last night and I suppose every manager's got a bit of their favourites if you want to call it that and, and I know like say, Kenny McLean and that have been there and done it for Scotland in the past but the, the point I suppose I was going to ask you guys what you think uh, Lawrence Shankland uh, you can't take away what the guy's been doing um, with the goals he's been scoring with Harps and everything else but I, I thought it was a wee bit I was a wee bit disappointed that he never got a chance he scored the equaliser in Tbilisi against Georgia and um, I thought it was, I thought it was a stick on to start the game and, and I just thought I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe I'm not even looking at it, but I just thought, I was looking at it and thinking, he's played Jacob Brown. Is it because Jacob Brown plays with a Luton, Premiership player, throw him in, and one Shankland, your SPF, SPFL mm-hmm. player, you're not getting a chance. That, that's probably totally naive, right? But I just, I, I scratched my head thinking, why okay. are you giving Shankland a chance? All right, Mark, what do you think? Just what you think. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if. if, if um... Paul Strachan says there's a kind of snobbery from Steve yeah. Clark against Scottish football. I don't believe that for a minute, you know, because look at some of the players that that, that, that he's played. You know, he had um, Steve Nadonok, Kilmarnock, and Mother, you know, playing playing for for Scotland um, in the squad. So I don't believe that's the case. But I agree with you in terms of um, I was surprised that that Lorne Shankland certainly didn't get a a crack at it. Um, you know, time on the pitch, um, I thought he probably would have started given he'd have been on such a high. Um, from getting that last minute equaliser in Tbilisi on Thursday night but but what we're not privy to um, Paul is it's not only about what you do for the, it's, it's assessing the opposition and who do you feel is best equipped to go and penetrate the opposition the, the style of play because we're used, having a you know a back four again does that not suit 
you know, Shankland's game, whatever it may be, he was Brown better suited to being the kind of number nine on his own. Lots of different factors come into it. It's easy just to look and say, yeah, he scored a goal on Thursday night. He's been terrific for Hearts. We are seeing him every week um, up here, but we're not seeing Jacob Brown every week. We're not assessing him um, in training when they're with the national team for four or five days. But um, he's, listen, he's got a fighting chance. I don't think he's a cert um, to go to, to Germany. I don't think any of the strikers are certs mm-hmm. at the moment because you need to be informed. So Chi Adams needs to find it with Southampton and score goals. Lyndon Dykes needs to get into Sifuentes' team at QPR, the mm-hmm. new manager, and score goals. Same with Lauren Shanklin and Jacob Brown and whoever else if um, Ross Stewart gets back fit and starts banging them in for Southampton as well. So I think the striking positions are very much up for grabs. But they've been there all the way, Mark. Oh, listen, Dykes, I think it would be Harsh and Dykes and Adams. I mean, it really rates them highly. But let's just say they don't into a rhythm in the second half of the season and Lorne Shankland bangs in another 15 for, for Hearts then you, know, you would expect him to get the nod Barry yeah I would say same as Paul I, I sat down to watch a game and in my mind I had Lorne Shankland going to be starting the game up top and so it was a surprise and saying that Jacob Brown's been in a lot of the squads obviously Steve Clark sees something in there he's, he's very pacey I thought he'd come on against France and, and done pretty well um, but for me it's if you're asking me now should Lorne Shankland go yeah it depends on form but I, I, I think Lorne Shankland if he stays at Hearts will score another 10 or 15 goals so for me I, I like him I like what he's all about I think he's improved we've mentioned that plenty of times on air um, and I think he'll go to, to Germany um, Lorne Shankland Paul how do you feel about the English players who could play for Scotland particularly Anthony Gordon so he does qualify I wonder if we'll be able to persuade him I mean he's played I think at every level for England could he come to Scotland uh, will he? Um, I was listening to other people talk about it on podcasts um, I don't think you can turn away players like Anthony I don't think we're in a position to turn away players like Anthony Gordon Harvey Barnes and, and whatnot. but for the flip side of things from a management point of view how does that upset the apple cart? Because you've just talked about it there. Like if it if it guys that have taken us to this stage, and would it not be a bit of a kick in the, the face to them to say, well, actually, we're going to bring in these big names? So I, 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 I see both sides of the argument, and I, I think Steve Clark's obviously, I mean, he's worked under Mourinho and all that type of stuff. He's a he has a class act, and he, and he brings a club team spirit. Um, so I think he'll be able to work that one out. But I don't think he can turn away these these quality players what I would say is mm-hmm. another wee bit I was surprised at and, and Barry Lewis Ferguson I, I think I, I was surprised he never got a wee start because you know, he's doing really well with Bologna and you know, you've just talked about him in the show there uh, and uh, it's where you fit these guys in I think we're so strong and yeah. for my generation anyway I mean I, I last seen this in Euro 96 and 98 World mm-hmm. Cup and if you'd asked me then would I go through a generation and not seen the club ever going through qualification again I'd have probably laughed but I think we're so strong and it's so so exciting to see how we're going to do it I, I, I think we are in a strong position to qualify into deeper into the round um, hopefully with fingers crossed Yeah I think the problem Lewis has got if you look at the three that started last night I think that's yeah. Steve Clark's strongest or preferred three is McTominay McGregor and, and McGinn um, and it's going to be hard for Lewis to, to force his way in I think he's good enough to force his way in oh. Of course I do. Um, I'm a wee bit biased or, or whatever, but um, listen, he deserved to be in the squad. Um, but what he needs to do is, as I said, he needs to just go back to Italy, 
and concentrating on doing what he does best and that's uh, perform well for Bologna, score a few goals and hopefully try and change Steve Clark's um, mind. But in terms of the, the other players, see, like if you're getting offered Harvey Barnes or Anthony Gordon, you've got to take them. You can't knock the players back. They, they're, they're quality operators and I do yeah. believe that they would make our Scotland team a better team. Mark, we've got four games, I think, before the tournament. That's yeah, what we're yeah. going to have. I mean, we played England, you know, we played France. We didn't have to. And I don't think you've got any regrets about it. I know it changes the record just now. It's at five games without a win. Mm -hmm. But it was surely worth playing them. Spain, we had to play, but three yeah. superpowers. Yeah, all day long, um, Paul. You know, the, the, the main stat of the lot is, is that they've qualified. We won the games and got points in the games. Uh, that mattered Steve Clark like I say would have learned a lot from, from the other games the players will know that as well whoever they get from pot one in this draw on December the 2nd it could well be a France or an England again it could be Spain again um, they know the level they'll have to get to, to even go and try and nick a point uh, from that they'll know about you know how to defend better as a team how do you, you know, keep the ball uh, better when you're against these uh, top level players so yeah no problems with it at all I think in March It'll be decided who we're playing, but then the two friendlies before it, um, and once obviously once the draw's made, then they can start picking and choosing, yeah. and all get together uh, and see what they do. But Steve Clark will take the, the, the toughest games that he can, mm. Paul. Yeah, I like the fact that he took England and France. Yeah. I like it because I think um, they'll learn a lot for that. I don't think it would affect that group of players with like two defeats against probably two of the most powerful nations um, in international football. So. Yep, I was all for that and I, I think um, with the friendly games coming up before we go to Germany I think he'll try and pick the strongest opposition he can Paul, are you off to Aberdeen? Have you got a ticket for Sunday? No, unfortunately I don't yeah. Paul but um, I think it's going to be a benchmark for Clermont no, it's going to yeah. a feisty tasty game as it always is with Aberdeen they're, you know, they're, I'm not going to say they raise the game they're, they're a more competitive edge if you want to call it that um, but do you know what I was going to ask what the guys think as well uh, I've been impressed with Scott Wright I, I think Clamont's came in and said obviously there's a clean slate for everyone I think Scott Wright as you know was edging out towards Turkey at one stage and I think I think he's risen to the challenge I, I've been to a few games and I've seen seen a difference in Scott Wright and I just want to ask you guys what, what yeah. you think about Scott Wright and Matondo coming back whether you think there's going to be a bit more competition in, in these places and do you think Scott Wright's maybe got got a future at Rangers now under Barry? Clamont? Well, I think Clement's gave gave every player the platform to say, right, go and show me that you want to be going forward with me at, at Rangers. I, I tell you one thing about him, he, he came on in that semi-final and made a difference. With the change, Cantwell coming off at half-time where a lot of people wouldn't have seen. He brought Scott right on and he scored that um, decisive second goal and I thought his performance was really good. Um, then obviously he missed the Livingston game, Paul, didn't he? Um, Injury, yep. yeah, which is which was disappointing. But I, I think there's a clean slate for every single player um, at Rangers at this moment in time, and it's up to the players to go and show that they want to be part of Clement's plans um, going forward. Paul, you've had a break as we all have, nearly two weeks from the domestic scene. We've missed it. What's your thoughts on the title? So when you wake up and you think about it again, as you get towards the weekend, do you think you're going to win? Can you close the gap on Celtic sufficiently? to win the title 2024 I think this is my two benchmarks for Clement I think he's a proper manager and my, there's been that many false dons Paul but I think 
it could be the first proper manager we've had since Walter Smith in the sense that he's got a pedigree behind him. He's been there, he's done it. He's, he's not just walked into a Monaco job for nothing. He's got something behind him. He's won with Club Bruges and whatnot. But my benchmark, and I don't know Barry thinks and, and Mark thinks about it, but if he goes up to the likes of Pataudry in the league, but also the cup final, I think psychologically we'll have a big piss for the players. If he comes out the A2 games and continues to put the pressure on Celtic, but goes to Parkhead, I don't mean just take a draw, actually win. It'll be reminiscent to me. I don't know if Barry remembers the game. Ugu Ehiklog scored the overhead kick. Rangers went as a depleted team. Celtic were on, on a high that time. And I think that kind of changed the narrative a wee bit. And Rangers started to dominate a bit. And if we go there and Clermont takes a cup final, takes points off the of Celtic, I do think we're in for a title race, to be honest. I would like to get the guys' thoughts on that as well, I <laughs> Yeah, look, the, the, the first <laughs> things first, you, <clears throat> you've got to win your bread and butter games, Paul, as you know, and I'm, I'm not regarding you know, Aberdeen as, as bread and butter on Sunday, no, but, you, but you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're going to win the league, you need to go to places like Pataudry and win. You especially need to beat Celtic at some point in a game that matters. So there's a massive fortnight coming up. I know it's so cliche, every game's a big one, of course it is, but December 17th, Sunday, Hamden, Aberdeen League Cup final. December 30th, Celtic at Parkhead you win those two games it's game on you get a trophy in the cupboard you're already ahead of what you what you had with, with, with Michael Beale you got a tr- trophy in the cupboard after uh, 10 weeks gives everybody uh, at the club a lot of belief you've then I think realistically you've got to go and put a proper marker down if you're serious about winning the title this year and beating Celtic in their own backyard as Brendan Rodgers team managed to do uh, back in early September um, against Rangers they went to Ibrooks and won the game so that's what you've got to try and do to go to Celtic Park I think would be a massive ask considering with 60,000 Celtic fans but certainly don't lose the game go and keep yourself in the hunt and then you put the pressure on the Rangers board to go and try and deliver what you think you need in January to go and make a right fist of it in the second half of the season Barry yeah he's had a very good first month in charge and I think he needs to have a brilliant second month um, starting um, in the 26 against Aberdeen up there because Mark's just mentioned I've just wrote it down here 17th um, you want to get that first trophy and then obviously you look at the third but in between that there's games that you well, need to make yeah, 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 right. December is um, a massive massive month I know they've still got two big games in November they've got Aberdeen and they've got Aris Limassol but they've got Park as well yeah, so there's, a, there's a few yeah. tough ones but when I'm looking at this Rangers team now that that they're in a different place they're in a good place at this moment in time so he knows the second month needs to be even better than the, the first month but I've got every confidence I like he, I like the way he comes across I think you guys in here are impressed I'm sure Paul's impressed with him doesn't give yeah. much away very straight talking he knows what he yeah. wants I don't think players will get away with much so yeah a big uh, month uh, coming up Cup final it's non-negotiable yeah, for Rangers yeah, it's 100% you have to win it yeah, yeah. 100% or get yeah, has yeah. to if he doesn't win the league cup final he's, he's, he's really put himself up because you, you can flip that round and if you get into the winter break uh, you know you lose at Parkhead so you get into the winter, uh, winter break nine or ten points behind Celtic um, the, the, you know the Rangers fans you only need to ask Michael Beale the Rangers fans won't won't accept it that's the bottom line and, and right, rightly so the players need to do it uh, Paul you know one of the stats has come out about the Rangers wage bill it's massive mm-hmm. What the players doing to earn it, you know? Yeah, they're not yeah. doing enough. Yeah, they're sure. not doing enough. To, so if you're not going to win these games that matter now, 
I think Philip Camon will, will, will leave you behind because then it comes a point you can't keep changing the manager. So the manager can have a problem because right now you do look at Philippe Clement and he has got something about yep. him. So you then need to say, do you know what? See these guys that have been at the club for three, four years, actually good enough. No, you're no. Because what are you here to do? You're here to beat Celtic over 38 games. That's the ultimate. As a player, as a player and as a manager. And if you're not going to do it, if you're not going to go to Parkhead and avoid defeat at the end of the month, if you're not going to win the cup, then you don't deserve to be at Rangers you will need to get shipped out and others will need to come in Paul what's your question? I just very quickly unless I've missed him in the media has there been any update on Graeme Souness coming back to Rangers it seems to have went cold it has gone quiet you're right Barry any word on Graeme Souness back in a capacity at Rangers? I'm sure he will be back at at some stage Um, it moves slowly doesn't it? yeah it does it does but listen (laughs) I'm sure that will get announced um, when both parties come up with a, an agreement but I think it was it's a good um, it's a good choice in bringing somebody like Graham Souness back yeah. Paul thanks very much for the call 08 08 17 17 700 The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy Reduce your energy bills with the latest renewable energy products Let's go International football continues tonight then we get ready for domestic football coming back at the weekend from Friday night Saturday and Sunday it seems like a long time, Barry, doesn't it? You were chatting earlier on. There, we were talking about some of the some of the players from an era you just missed uh, Van Hooydonk, or he just missed you. But we talked about Henrik Larsson and some of the battles you had with him. And I mentioned it with Craig Moore last week. What about some of those battles, Henrik Larsson, when you played up against him? What was the what were things that came to mind? Some of the, the things that we would have maybe have missed. Some of them will remember. But some of the things that happened. Well, first and foremost, I think you would get sent off with some of the things that, that went on. Um, no, but we're just talking about players and um, who you come up against and who was the, the, the game changers or who made the difference. And newer one was if, if we keep a certain Henrik Larson quiet, then we'll have a better chance of, of winning the game of football. Saying that Celtic had quality players all over the pitch, but he was the he was the difference. So if you kept him quiet and big odds and, and ammo. Um, tried their best every every time they come up against him but the, the, the biggest thing that jumped out at me about him was when he took a, f- a few sore ones in terms of you know it's like you leave a wee, wee bit on them when you, you obviously tackle them he never moaned about it he just got up and got on with it and that was um, it used to get on your nerves a wee bit because you try to rile him up and take his focus off the game of football but he was probably that focused and that good let's be honest that it never um, tended to affect him. Mark was asking you during the break about it as well. We remember one at Ibrox where... Craig the, Moore. Craig Moore. Tell us oh, about that oh. one. Yeah, you yeah. can see it online. Yeah. Um, he's took a, he's won the ball by Goz, no doubt about it, but he's, uh, he's had a bit of a follow-through. He loved a wee follow-through yeah, by Goz, didn't he? Yeah, he did. The big Copa Mundial boots, <laughs> remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the World <laughs> Cup boots. Yeah, and it but, was a follow-through, and I think he yeah. went maybe about four or five yards off the pitch. Um, but he just jumped up and got on with it. If that was anything else, they would have been <laughs> lying down getting a, a fair bit of treatment. But he was a top player, let's be honest with you. He, he was, he was... Um, and look what he went on to do after. Celtic, Barcelona, um, Manchester United. But yeah, when you when you think back, the quality that, that he had, he was, he was a top level player. Mark, a really special player, Henrik Larsson. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of the psychology... I mean, because he must have been 
at times really, really sore, but he just got back up. What does that do to the defenders or the midfielders? The that opposition? annoys you. Yeah. That is what yeah. it does. Yeah. That annoys you. <laughs> I, I can't recall him, you know, whether it was a, an old firm game or, or any game where he's been clattered, rattled, you know, whatever word you want to, want to use, actually getting up and kind of retaliating or showing a defender that he has been you know, rattled that he's railed up now. He may well have been inside, I don't, I don't know, but he certainly didn't show it in public. So f- from that point of view, uh, I think that speaks volumes about how he just managed to stay uh, focused. And, and I think as well, he had players around about him that would look after him. So if they thought, oh, Henrik's had a wee nudge, would it be Henrik that would go and get retribution? Mm-hmm. But one of his teammates mm-hmm. would go and try and, you know, on his um, um, behalf. But aye, he was a top player. You only need to look at his... His goal scoring record, seven years, sensational, and then to kick on, win the Champions League with Man United, very successful loan spell at Man, um, sorry, Barcelona, and then a really successful loan spell at Man United. Sir Alex Ferguson basically begging him to come yeah. back again and loan, but he wouldn't break his, his word to, to Helsingborgs, I think it was at that time. And now his pleasure is just going to see his son, who's playing Champions League football with Copenhagen, who's built a really good reputation um, for himself as well, and that's where he gets his pleasure now. Is that what he does? Yeah, that that was part yeah. of his makeup, but mm-hmm. that that was the one that I think that if he's not just playing against Rangers, I think if any defender was playing against them, they'd probably think I'm giving him my best here, mm-hmm. and he's not even flinching, or he's not even like retaliating or reacting to it, and that's that sometimes gets in the the opponent's yeah. uh, mind. Um, so I think that was part of his game plan. You know what I mean? Because like, as a centre forward, generally they do take the most. Um, kicks or yeah. bangs in the back, yeah. uh, back of the the neck or whatever, um, and they just tend to go on with it. And that's something that you kind of look and thought, there's something special there. And I, and I don't, I don't know what you thought of him, Paul. But you're talking about giving nothing away on the pattern in terms of like showing emotion mm-hmm. or showing. See the interview. Oh yeah. my god. Oh, it was hard work. Yeah. Oh, it was hard <laughs> yeah. work. I didn't enjoy it. Didn't enjoy an interview him interviewing him at all and it was very rare he wouldn't often give mm-hmm. interviews but oh he was well, he, just he, one, he was, one oh well, hard work <laughs> honest to God well, I get, I yes get, no yeah pretty yeah. well he, he would not have the only time <laughs> I, I, I saw him the, and it, actually one of the best interviews I've ever seen is when um, Robert Stodgrass and, and, and Chris Boyd got him on their, their mental health um, yeah. podcast um couple of years ago during a uh, lockdown it was called the lockdown tactics and Henry agreed to come on and he spoke he really opened up um, about his own mental health about his the, the family issues with his with his brother taking his own life similar to 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 um to Boydie's um situation and, and, he, spoke and he, about it. yeah and he really opened up on that and it was a fantastic yep. um interview in terms of encouraging people mm. to go and speak up you know not to keep everything inside and again it just showed a wonderful human side to him and for all the fantastic yeah. football and career that he's had he's also had personal tragedy um, yeah. as well and, and that was uh, you know really really uh, really really open I really enjoyed that um, interview and specific, since the, his playing career I spent time um, with Henry at, at different events yeah. and he always comes to like, uh, Stylian Petrov's Gualtes and, and he's very good company yeah. um, you see and you can and when I was talking about his son uh, there you know the the enjoyment that he gets out of seeing his boy succeed, yeah. you know, that's what he, what he loves. Um, and I felt some too when he went to Barcelona, I think he's went back to Barca as the assistant manager to, to, to Ronald Koeman right, yeah. and the club was just in a, in a mess and they yeah. just couldn't mm-hmm. get a grip of it because everything that was going on uh, off the path and he really cared about his coaching, wanted to do really well but at the moment he's out of the game. Barry, another genius and we see him in the advert with you 
um, and others for Rangers Christmas. Gaza. Yeah, what a player. But that was just a a dream for me, like Mm. kind of as a young boy watching Paul Gascoigne play about with a football. Mm. Honestly, Paul, he was one of my heroes growing up. Like I'm talking about, obviously my hero up here was Ian Durant and then but Paul Gascoigne, just a a wonderful footballer, a wonderful guy Um, and just some of the stuff that he used to do with a ball. He was just a an absolute genius um, and he trained me and was was amazing and then obviously spent um, a full day with him doing the, the Christmas advert and he was just <laughs> he's mad he's still got pranks and all that I, always did yeah, that, I, I can't yeah. say some of the pranks he was sure. actually doing because yeah. I would obviously get Family in trouble yeah. um, on there but he was um, yeah brilliant brilliant to see him and he's looking well mm-hmm. to be fair good. he was looking good um, but he was up to all sorts of nonsense when we were obviously trying to recro- yeah. uh, record the, the advert but no what a what a wonderful footballer and, and the, going back to my younger days I think it always stands out, out for me was he always took time for the young players I mean as a 16 year old yeah. and he would always how was your game how did you go on last night who scored and I just thought that was a brilliant touch yeah. I mean it's Paul Gascoigne mm. uh, International superstar. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And a, an absolute unbelievable football player. Mm. Um, for him to take that wee couple of minutes out, yep. it always stuck with me. And uh, he never forgets either. You walk in and he was, um, yeah, he was mm. he was in good form, that's yeah. for sure. How was he to deal with? Media Aye, point of view. Listen, he didn't yeah. get a lot of access to him. He, yeah. he was, um, you know, Walter kind of protected Aye. him and, and, he, and he had a, he had a, he had a deal with News of the World so it was very restricted well, what, you what, what the Sunday could, Mail yeah so, so yeah. very restricted but the, the, the time I remember was the summer of 96 yep. and Rangers are in pre-season and they're based in Copenhagen what was the manager at season number two so I was there for the Sunday Mail so I, was, I remember just having a coffee uh, with Walt from the Brown he gave me an exclusive gave me an hour of his time it was great but uh, on that trip uh, young Stevie Walter's son mm-hmm. was on the trip and the Stevie might have been I don't know maybe 10 years mm-hmm. old or something at that point and all during the time I'm sitting having a coffee with Walter at the hotel, he's got, he could tell he's got one eye mean and one eye like he says, I'm just keeping a wee eye out. He says, because young Stevens jumped about with Gaza, he says, and I'm not comfortable <laughs> <laughs> with Gaza. He says, he yeah. says, Ethel will have me. Yeah. He said, if anything happens to, to, to young Stevie, so it's one of the ones yeah. where Stevie wants to hang out with Gaza. Gaza's loving the yeah. company of, of Walter's boy, yeah. you know, the mischief and, and the pranks that we got. He says, but, but Walter was in centre hooks yeah. because obviously he says, well, I, need be, I need to be careful here. <laughs> but it was brilliant. And it just, you see him in action. But when you got up close, not even when we was doing interviews, it, it was great company. And the things that you hear about Paul Gaskin from all these teammates mm-hmm. and that. The generosity. Yeah, he was so, yeah. so generous. You know, as a human being, whether it was financially or whether it was just with his his time, he was a very, very generous mm-hmm. man. And maybe the, to later on in life, that was yeah. to his cost, unfortunately. You know? I, I just course. used to sit at the side. Sometimes we'd be training with the youth team. We'd finish a bit early and we had the chance to go over and, and watch the first team. And just sit, I remember just sitting on a ball many a times, just in awe of the guy. Yeah. Just for what he'd done with a a footballer and, he, and another thing about him is how good he was he trained hard like, oh so hard that it was you like his last that. ever training session and that's another thing that, that stood out for me what an example for everybody else was, you can see what you want wow. he's mad as a brush but <laughs> listen what yeah. a what a genius he a football player and, yeah. and a, a, a brilliant guy but as I said it was brilliant to spend the 
four or five hours with him doing the, the Rangers Christmas advert and sometimes it had to get cut because it was up to no good <laughs> during the filming but it was brilliant and like, all the guys and even the, the film crew were just amazed they, they Paul Gascoigne was there has Hollywood snapped you up yet? You and Paul Gascoigne? Got a few inquiries, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Ross the boss, King be on. Sort you out. <laughs> Matt, the Listen. characters, we were so lucky, weren't we, uh, to be in the media side and interviewing people with Paul Gascoigne. I was in STV at the time, so a few times they'd interview him. And there were TV crews everywhere with Gascoigne. There'd be ITN News, BBC, Sky, everyone, because he was front so, and back pages. What was the thing I used to work uh, Italian... Show oh, Channel G- Gazetta, uh, Gazetta, ah. James Richardson. That's yep, it. That's it. Yeah. He's still have seen him. He is. He's yeah, great. Still yeah. won Champions yeah. League. Yeah. He's got a big beard and all that. Yeah, hasn't he? Yeah. I used to watch it every, yeah. yeah. every Sunday. Yeah. Every Sunday, I, I would never, never really miss it. So, so exciting because it wasn't a lot. We, we weren't aware now no. in terms of live football true, seven mm. days a week. So yep. it was a big thing to, to look forward. He had to. the best job in European football. Oh, James Richardson, great presenter. He's very, very good. Very, very good. Starts here on Monday next week. There's a couple of bears going good to have a presenter that knows his stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, it's getting a mark. <laughs> Is he like a glass of shampoo? That's the following, that's, that's oh, the following week. Mark, have we hey, so we don't, yeah, it's Saturday night okay. on the Dom Perringong again. No, it wasn't the Dom. It wasn't the Dom. No. <laughs> the Brian was over so it was great to see the former fire chief he was out um, it was a 999 call tell you it was brilliant <laughs> Saturday night and the place was buzzing I thought I just missed you somebody said you've just missed Barry Ferguson round the corner so we were both in town and Mark you weren't far away you almost came to the venue I was in that been, yeah that's yeah. right yeah are we allowed to no we can't no, uh, no we can't say Bank of the Roma no we can't no we can't no we can't just boil it seems clear you were in Barcelona nice, yeah. at the weekend or yeah well the difference is <laughs> I was having a couple of Sam Miguel, you would have a couple of glasses of champagne. That's the difference. (laughs) Mark, where are the. Right, we can't. There's no. Right, so stop the conversation about Larson and Paul Gascoigne, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's. uh, Because one day I said about Furuhashi, about Kyogo, I said to John Harson, what about. He said, you can't compare those two. I said, no, I'm just saying, have you got. So draw a line under that. Who are the stars and the characters these days in Scottish football? Because everyone wanted to know and wanted a bit of Scottish football. You know, it it was big news in England and abroad. Because of these characters, the play of Larson and the character of you know Gascoigne, his play and the antics as well. Is there anyone now? Because um, Connor I was speaking to this morning was talking about Barry as mm. a wonderful player, and he said some of the Rangers fans used to give him stick at time because Barry would put his foot in the ball and just maybe play a pass sideways or whatever, or back the way if it had to be, not kick it and rush it up the pitch. So a few things I'm throwing in there. Who are the? Have we got big stars? In, in the Scottish in the team Scottish, or in the in, Scottish, Scottish game, game in, in their own game. domestic game I was game. thinking domestic have yeah. we got stars yeah. it's Scottish stars Paul I think the, the, the thing that we that we find now compared to you know you go back to Barry's time 25 years ago when he was starting his career and then we're talking you know in and around then you know Henry Last and Paul Gascoigne's and you know the Dutch boys that came yeah. at football had yeah. opinions managers had opinions and the, the Italians had the Canios and um, the Amarussos and all those guys Um and then you think you Jim McLean managing and all this yeah. stuff. Do, do we have character? I think one of the things, and I think it's a generational thing as well, there doesn't seem to be as many personalities, I don't think, in life <laughs> for young ones yeah. coming through. You know, I don't know if, 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 you know, I think you ask anybody from a gem within a dressing room 20 years ago, 30, 40, 50 years ago, would that, can you do what you did back then? There's some of the stuff that went on that time wasn't wasn't allowed and, and, and quite rightly it would be outlawed but I don't see personalities now 
Paul, I don't see it. Listen, I think, I don't mean to, by that, I don't mean that our players now in our domestic game are rude or ignorant. No, no, not at all. No. They're very well mannered. They're, 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 you know, lovely young boys, young yeah. men. Uh, but in terms of expressing themselves, personalities, wee bit of mischief. Yeah. I think there's probably one or two things going on, but no, not the characters mm. that we had, you know, a couple of decades ago. No. And, but again, I think that's pretty much mm. uh, life in general now. You know, it's a lot more social yeah. media and, and expressing yourself on there rather than in person and but being out going. Paul, you, you mentioned two players there, Paul Gascoigne yeah. and Henrik Lassner would probably put down as world class. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Top sure. level. Um, but there's a lot of good players, but I, I think Mark's right. It's a, it's a different generation. It is. It's, um, and you just think of so many players that I've, I've played in their game. Um up here there's been some phenomenal players Brian Lowder there's another one wow I mean, yeah. there's another one yeah. I used to sit and think I mean for the size of him six yeah. foot two what he could do with a a ball was um, was mind blowing at times but see he's grown up as a young boy you watch them and your Durant and your McCoys and, and guys like that it was it was a brilliant brilliant upbringing but isn't it, there's something there, the fact that... And their characters, four I've just mentioned. Well, I know, I'm going to come back to Brian Loudrop yeah, was, was a bit he, quieter, yeah. but McCoyst and Gerard. Gerard McCoyst together. <laughs> Christ. Wow. They were certainly, certainly different. I was in Prague with Durant. Yeah. <laughs> Mad. Mad. Just and like, it never stops. Just yeah, great company. A, I mean, a hundred mile an hour constantly. Yeah. Just want to go to my bed. But the, the money, likes. the money has changed so much now. The dynamics of the money in England, okay, Spain, Germany, and all that. There was more money in the Scottish game at mm, that I'm, time, and there well, wasn't budgets. I would yeah. like to see the budgets now. I don't think there'll be a massive difference to back twenty-five years ago. No, what because would, what would you yeah, because yeah, I mean, Celtic and Rangers were, were were paying thirty grand a week to mm. a lot to a lot of players yeah. twenty twenty-five years ago. Yeah. Um, mm. Then kind of. It did what came down like kind of Gordon Strachan's time. They had to start to, to colour, yeah. and then Rangers hit financial trouble. So obviously that had to stop as well. But now you look at it, um, yeah, there'll be there's certainly more than a handful of players on thirty plus a week at Rangers. It'll be the same um, at Celtic. The wage bills now, Paul, are much a muchness. I don't know if the stats are exactly right, but it's maybe Rangers is it slightly higher slightly above yeah. uh, Celtic so you know again if you're John Bennett and you're looking at the recent results financially you're saying well I'm, can want, I'm wanting more yeah. I, I don't mind paying that money if, but I want success yeah. how can it be higher than <laughs> yeah, Celtic so naturally that, that's what you're looking at and then you're yeah. saying well Celtic are getting a good bang for their buck um, for their players what, what they're getting but certainly you know you can see from John Bennett's statement um, in the financial results Paul there's a lot of frustration um, and there are a lot of things that he knows that should be better on and off the park and I think it will be addressed by him and that's why the 17s are a massive day for Rangers for sure and I mean, we, we say it all the time every game is massive but it's a matter like December we're talking about it what is there seven games well it's wild the, yeah. the cards packed yeah, it's, days, packed. It? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yep, going to yep. be tough and he'll need to he'll need to utilise mm. his, his full squad this time next week we'll be looking forward to European action Celtic mm. Lazio and Rome Rangers Limassol isn't it yeah they get the three points I think Rangers will yeah. be um, having Home Europe after, yeah. after Christmas Let's which is that. important financially as well because yeah. it brings a lot yeah. more money in the Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Free quotes for solar PV, battery storage and heat pumps. Let's go! 
It's the morning after Scotland had the celebrations after the draw 3-3 last night with Norway. I mean, in normal times, we'd be saying that's not a bad result. And it's not with uh, Norway, but it was so close to being a Scotland victory, 3-2 up, although we were down twice. So the main thing was it was a chance for the manager, Stevie Clark, and the players to go round. And a fair number of people stayed in the rain to wish them all the best for uh, Euro 2024 Germany. Yeah, you know, Steve Clark said it was a chance for the, the supporters to congratulate and applaud the players and, and likewise for the, the players and staff to get around uh, Hamden because, you know, Paul, when, when Steve Clark took over, we were getting 20,000 at home games yeah. and now you can't get a ticket for love and the money um, and there'll be some clamour for, for tickets for Germany once the uh, we know exactly what the draw is going to be and where the games are going to be played. Um, so yeah, it, it was a good sight. Just unfortunately, it wasn't the greatest of nights in terms of weather. Um, but result-wise, an entertaining game. You know, a couple of really good goals. Um, and I've seen some some players getting a um, a chance. So yeah, overall, a, a very worthwhile night. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. It's always it's always nice to qualify for a major tournament. Obviously, the last one was a little bit COVID restricted, so you we didn't have that. We we missed that sort of. That connection, that feel with the fans, so it's it's, it's nice. Like I said, it's it's great for everyone in the country that we've we've got something to look forward to next summer. Nice, nice night for the supporters to say thank you to the team. Nice night for the the team and the staff to thank the supporters. So that part of the night was pretty good. No, no, for now I go away. I'll probably spend the next couple of days just recovering, uh, taking a bit of time to myself. Uh, after that, I'll probably look back at the two games, Georgia and Norway, see what. I could have done better, see what the players could have done better. And then I'll get myself ready for a for a trip to Hamburg, which is great because we're, we're in the draw. It's something that everyone can look forward to next summer and we've still got a lot of work to do. And listening to the Go Radio Football Show. No, he didn't say that. Uh, he deserves a break. Um, he's going to take us to Germany. He won't be thinking about after that, Barry, but could you see him going into club football? No, I, I think the Scotland job suits him perfectly at the age he's at um, and I can see him staying with Scotland for another two or three years um, without doubt I think his contract's yeah, for another two years right. after Germany is that correct? Yeah I think it is 26 Barry yeah. extended yeah, a few yeah, months yeah. ago yeah. so impressed with the job he's done from where we were to now um, and I think he's seen the fans appreciation of that after the game Um and I think the fans are looking and thinking we've got something special here and I think we have. If we've got every single player fit and available the strength and depth's really good really good quality all players are playing at a real good level and I, I'm so looking forward to, to Germany next summer. The only doubt I've got in my head is or the only worry sorry I should say is you just want every single player who's going to be available for them to be available and fit and healthy um, and then there's going to be a few probably would imagine there'll be two or three players that'll be disappointed because yeah. um, I'm afraid you can only take 23 players um, but I think from now until the summer the players just need to go away and impress for their clubs and I'm, I'm sure Steve Clark will, will make the right decision in who he's going to take to Germany it's too early it's pointless just now to say who's not going Mark and I think that would be unfair because with the injuries you don't know yeah. we know if you look at the squad and the players who are normally on the bench that yeah. obviously they would be in some doubt but they might be in there There are yeah. look at Lauren Shanklin wasn't in the squad mm -hmm. that's right and there's only an injury yeah. to Jay Adams yeah. that he got involved yeah I mean I think all things when equal I think we could all pretty much pick yeah. 17 out of the 20 outfield players I think we really could but that, that, that part and on, and on Steve Clark. 
I think he's he's absolutely suited to international football just now. And I think you've got to give credit to the SFA, which doesn't often happen. Go on, he'll stand by, but breaking news. They extended Steve Clark's contract before all this good stuff started because they extended it on the back of us not qualifying for Qatar. But they clearly saw something in him. They thought, no, we're just going to nail this. And by the way, see Steve Clark to make it known that he wanted back into club football. He wouldn't be short of offers. But I think any time, whether it's directly or through a third party, there's a wee kind of sound out. What do you think? Would you be interested? He kills it stone dead. He's focused in Scotland. Suits his lifestyle. He's down in London, living. He's got his grandchildren, etc., etc. And uh, he puts his heart and soul into it for two or three weeks of everything together. And then he can switch off for a few days and relax. And I think that suits him. And for the Scotland national team, Paul, I think we've had some... Very, very good managers that unfortunately for different reasons couldn't take us to finals. But when you've got somebody good that gets it and has found a way with the current squad, then you hang on to him for as long as we can. And that's what we've got with Steve Clark. What was your highlight, Barry, of it? Would it be the Norway game over there or was it us beating Spain? I mean, it could be something else, but I suspect it's one of those two. Yeah, I, I think the, the Norway game over there because to be honest with you, if you look at the game, Norway were the better team. Um, but we obviously come back but that just shows the, the, the strong characters we have available um, he made changes again and the, the changes a good manager makes the right changes at the right time and that's what Steve Clark's um, done um, over the period he's been Scotland manager look the Spain result was a brilliant result I thought we thoroughly deserved to beat Spain I know Rodri was on moaning about it but if you analyse the game we were a better team no doubt about it yeah they're good in possession but we hurt them. I thought our tactics were spot on. And listen, Paul, we thoroughly deserve to be in, in Germany. And we're not going over there just to make the numbers up. For sure. You'd be disappointed if we didn't go further. Rodri's tears, was that a key moment for you as well? I mean, he wasn't happy. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think if you if you reflect now in the campaign, um, the the kind of the sort of wow as in what is this really is this actually happening? We've beaten Spain and we're comfortable with yeah. it. Because like I say, we're coming on the back of not qualifying for a World Cup and it was very early in the campaign for beating Spain and that gave us a springboard. The drama then comes in Oslo. You think, oh my God, we've just beaten Haaland's team. We are now, we are we are going to Germany. And that was a, because what I said the other night, had Norway held on for that final few minutes and won 1-0, we would have been into last night with all to play for, probably having to, you know, not lose it. So, it was massive it's been a great campaign and for Scotland I know I've said it many many times but for Scotland to qualify with two games to go I mean I it's absolutely incredible and you're not talking about a, a, a group full of cannon fodder you're talking about two quality teams and Georgia a difficult team yeah, you know, not, not, not an easy team at all to go and yeah. beat so again Steve Clark and his staff let's not forget his backroom staff um, you know your sports science department everything your, your, your scout department everything that goes and into John it. Carver yeah, yeah John Carver you know really really good nosy stuff Chris Woods the goalkeeping coach that, that Steve recruited Austin McPhee who's at Aston Villa who's with Northern Ireland brought him in um, as well and the players have all responded I, mean, I liked Stuart Armstrong's interview last night after the game where, where he says we love being together we've got a real genuine bond not just in the playing squad, but but the whole group. You know yourself, but what is it? And it's probably more nowadays compared to even just 10 years ago when you were playing at national level. But I mean, there's probably between players and staff, must be between 40 and 45 people. Easy. Um, now, you know, so they, they all need to get on. The staff need to get on with the staff and Steve Clark's created that 
and then that feeds itself into the players and it can become boring when you're away so obviously they're up to different things I, I don't know I think they've got games rooms and they, they have the different nights in terms of getting all the players together and I, I think that's so important because sometimes you, you go you have breakfast you train come back have lunch go to your bedroom back up eat dinner go back to your bedroom but it looks to me if they've got something going here they're, they're, they're pretty uh, together and that's what you need because it, it is tough because you're away for sometimes 10 days 9, 10 days and actually if we stay in the tournament you know, when we get there we'll be there we'll be away for 4 weeks yeah. and you don't have the days of the players shimmying down the the lamp post to get out of the, the hotel and, <laughs> and go out and come back in going for a road in the yeah. Clyde I mean some of the escapades were uh, I do remember in uh, one of the early World Cups being there and I thought the players were almost ready to come home and you thought you've got a great chance to go it was actually the 82 World Cup now obviously they wanted to go further but they yeah. kind of thought no we'll we play the about three games is that why you always get a top dancer in the tail too high up well, can they climb out the window <laughs> <laughs> ah, there was all sorts going on and that's the thing we talked about earlier quite a few people saying they, they enjoyed that well we got one and, <laughs> and, and, and I said to my mother uh, no <laughs> um, that's why you can't get the same characters as well though. I'm not saying they should go uh, out to their favourite haunt but it's a bit like of a the day you get some, some of the managers try to well, exactly, <laughs> in the lamp post yeah, you know. uh, uh, it's changed I'm thinking Scott McTominay. I was going to say yeah. to you, who there's a, there's a name who in this tournament has been f- qualification phenomenal. Yep, been absolute flying, um, and I'm delighted to see him back in the Man U team as well. Yeah. Uh, when I've been left out the Man U team, you can say what you want about Scott McTominay. I think he's a very good football player. I like him. Um, I like him further forward where he's let yeah. off Alicia a wee bit, but. Um, some of the performances for Scotland in the late for Man United um, he, he's been exceptional Scott McTominay he came in for a bit of criticism at times as well which I think's unfair I think he's a a, a very good um, football player and such an important player for Stevie Clark he's also a team player and a good pro because you think about it Barry's talking about the stick he got on his right that's because when he was playing at the back he was having to be used as a central defender if you remember for a few games a couple of times he'd get caught just naturally not fully tuned in as a defender still and back then he's a young boy 22 or something like that um, so uh, yeah he's 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 been proper he's really really um, emerged and you know he scored seven goals in a campaign for Scotland um, as a midfielder and also he wasn't getting regular game time so he was having to find a rhythm when he was turning up for the Scotland squad so it's a real credit to him and you know what you love about you hear him talking He's got the, the 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 Manchester or you know yeah, accent, know, but, know. but he loves it. Sure. Yeah. He gets it. You can yeah. tell he cares about Scotland. He absolutely loves it. And by the way, um, credit to Alec McLeish for getting yeah, that over the line. Sure. Alec to, yeah. to fight hard with staff, and also credit to Jose Mourinho at Man United because he said to him he was his club manager at that point. Don't go to England. Go and play for Scotland. Did he? Yeah. yeah he wow. Did. Yeah. A couple of quick names before we go. Callum McGregor. Because he's there, he's... Like, Eight out of ten really well. every week, yep. Paul. Playing again, you know, I think he maybe get taken off the last few minutes, but pretty much <laughs> 90 minutes yep. um, again. He just turns it on week in, week out, and just uh, brilliant for Steve Clark to have. And Nathan Patterson, is he emerging as somebody who could well be on that plane to Germany? Yeah, but he's got a fight in his hands with Aaron Hickey, who, listen, I, I think a lot of yep. Nathan Patterson, I think he's... Um, Excellent going forward, no doubt about it. And I, I think he'll just get better as he gets older. Um, but Aaron Hickey, um, 
He's he's a top top young player. Ryan Jackson, good touches. Yeah, and I, I'm sure Philip Kilmont will be happy that he never played a lot of football when he was away. Because Paul, over the last couple of weeks, um, for Rangers, he's became such an important player. If you keep Ryan Jack fit, I think he does a brilliant job for Rangers in the middle of the pitch. Yeah, eleven minutes plus stoppage time. Um, Scott McTominay, we met sure Armstrong. He's back in the you know the goal and an assist as well. And and you see the quality of him. He goes under the radar, doesn't he? But Paul, that's the beauty of those players. Stuart Armstrong, Kenny McLean, Lewis Ferguson. It's unlikely they're going to start, but you know what? They don't moan. They don't obviously clearly don't say or try to instill a bad atmosphere about the squad. They buy into it. They buy into it. And, and that's I think that's the mentality of the modern day play, player now, which is better. It is a squad game. I might just be here for 25 minutes, but you know what? I'm going to make an impact in that 25 minutes. Look at Lon Shanklin. Comes off the bench and gets that goal. You know, there's Stuart Armstrong. Starts a game, it's his first start. Um, for, for for six months or something scores a goal so they get in there on a high ready to go and make, they're not getting in there in a huff they're on a high because they all buy into it there is genuine it's an old cliche but there's a, a, a real proper team spirit about the squad Peter Grant and Stephen McGinn will be here tomorrow night Stephen will be finding out about his fitness getting back and Barry you'll be back later in the week with us yep. you have a good week James Richardson will be with us on Wednesday night <laughs> We look forward to that. Listen, enjoy the rest of the night. The news is next. The Go Radio Football Show with Global Eco Energy. Contact the team now to help make your home more energy efficient. Let's go! Global Eco Energy sell and install renewable energy products to domestic, commercial, and public sector customers. With access to a wide range of renewable energy products, including solar PV, battery storage, air source heat pumps, and eco-garden makeovers, we offer a bespoke service tailored to your exact needs. For a free quote and to find out more about grants and funding options, go to global-eco.co.uk.